Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. See, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast in prime time. PPP. Premium primetime podcasting. My name is Michael Rapport, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo. I'm here with G. Moody's last name rhymes with duty. I have to share something with you. Premium podcast subscribers. The un- unthinkable. Happened earlier today, uh, me and G. Moody, 35 minutes deep into this here premium podcast, uh, after much ado about a whole bunch of fucking nothing, I realized that somehow, some fucking way, my recorder, the golden mics of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, was not recording. You fucked up, yo. I, I think the fucking thing fell out. But yes, I fucked up. But we are here to recreate, reimagine, and take this premium I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast to the next fucking level. No gold will be lost. No. No, you won't find podcast bones 35 years ago and go, oh, on September 19th, 2018, here's the lost files. There are no lost files. You know why? Because the files were not recorded. You fuck you. And when I say you fuck you, I say you fuck you directly to myself. Yeah. (laughs) This heat. But 
to prove, to prove how fly we are. We can just reboot and do it again for motherfuckers to let them know, yo, this ain't scripted, man. We just, we fuck up. My man fuck up. I fuck up. All right, let's do it again. Same heat. Just flip it on its ass. Flip it on its ass, Monetti. So yeah. we got to do. We got to fucking do it. We got to do it. It's primetime yeah, podcasting. It it's the premium. It's the fucking premium subscribers. These are the best of the best I Am Rapport Stereo podcast fans. So when we come at you guys, like we're speaking in I Am Rapport language. There needs no explanation. No, no, uh, there's no, like you don't need any like shortcuts or anything. I feel like when we are speaking to the premium subscribers, we're speaking to the best of the best, the top of the top, the cream of the motherfucking crop when it comes to I Am Rapport Stereo podcast fans. Yeah. Hell yeah. They know it. We know it. And uh, this is like our road work. You know what I'm saying? You, we put the road work in and we do it. So, Hard work. Dedication. Nope, no problem. We like uh, Tyson and Muhammad Ali when we're training on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. That's how we do it. Hard work. Dedication. Speaking of hard work and dedication, uh, the Canelo Triple G fight from a couple of days ago. Did you see the fight, Monetti? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hennessy invited me, man. I had a, a, a viewing party, a fight party with uh, Victor Cruz, former New York Giant, hosted it. It was a pleasure to meet him, man. So, yeah, I saw it, man. It was a good, it was a good fight. What is your... It's been... It's been uh, highly controversial. Uh, yours truly, the gringo man, Dingo, uh, made headlines from my tweets because I thought it was a draw. I don't see how the human eye can Me too. realistically um, and fairly judge that kind of fight in particular when these guys are boxing at such a highly scientific level, speed, fast, counterpunching. There's movement. The judges are sitting there um, in the front row. Sometimes the referee's in the way. Sometimes they're blocked by the, the ropes. This is a highly technical, very fast-paced fight. The fight ends. Five minutes later, they give a decision. This particular decision went to Canelo Alvarez. A lot of people were saying it was a draw. A lot of people were saying the first time they fight, Triple G won. Um... Me, personally, I think it's a draw, but the fact that boxing in 2018 is going by the same rules, regulations, the fact that boxing, the sport of boxing, has no unions, it's not sanctioned, the fact that boxing doesn't use technology in 2018, it's basically using the same shit. It's ran by the same kind of underbelly, vermin, as it was during the 1920s, and at the end of the day, they don't use any technology after the decision was given to Canelo. And again, I'm no boxing expert. I don't care if you're a boxing expert. If you're watching that fight live, there's no way you can give that an accurate scoring. It's just impossible yeah. to do. I don't care how fucking trained you are, Teddy Atlas. There's just no way you can do it. Right after they that do the box, right after we get the live decision... On pay-per-view, all these stats pop up. Stats that the judges who are, who are deciding who won or who lost do not get to use. So all that CompuBox, fight stats, 
punch percentage. They don't use that. They're just going off the human eye. Why? Makes yeah. no fucking sense to me. Yeah, I saw it as a draw. I I, I saw it as a e it was even. There's no there was no uh, definitive winner. It was even. It was a draw. Uh, I wish it could have been more action. Cats going at it a little more. It was just round to round. But it was a draw. You couldn't say, yo, he won or he won. It was just a draw. Period. That's it. But it was a great fight. Shout out to Victor Cruz. We're going to get to the New York Giants shortly because they are in deep shit. Yeah, again. What isn't a draw is the Eminem versus the world rap beef. Eminem came out with Kill Shot last Friday, which is now the highest downloaded song in the history of or highest listened to song in the history of YouTube. Um, he came back with more fire, more heat, aimed at uh, this kid, Machine Gun Kelly, who I did give props to just for trying to uh, box with God. Uh, God referring to Eminem as one of the great rappers of all time. Um, he did some highly technical, crazy, highly skilled, boombastic, crazy shit. I believe he uh, took the... Machine Gun Kelly song played it backwards and just flipped the whole thing on its head. Uh, it's over. Um, I don't think we're going to be hearing more from Machine Gun Kelly in the form of rap. It's been, uh, it's been, it came out that he, Machine Gun Kelly didn't even write his diss song towards Eminem. How the fuck are you going to do a diss oh. song and you didn't even write the thing by yourself? Come on, man. Oh, man. Damn. But that's what, that's what this climate is out here. They're not. You know, these, these kids, they don't write, right? And it's not, a big, it's not a big deal. But when we was coming up, everybody, you know, you thought everybody wrote. That, that was the thing. So they don't care about that. Anybody can write it, and they'll say, yeah, I did it. <laughs> and the fact that uh, people are still talking shit about Eminem really makes me think that they must have forgot, don't care, or never knew that this is a white battle rapper who came up in the 90s. Do you understand that if you're a battle rapper, let alone a white battle rapper from Detroit in the 90s, like you, you, you have to have a vicious skill set and a vicious tongue. He made his fucking bones talking shit about motherfuckers. That's how that whole Slim Shady, he was talking shit about people that didn't, that, that didn't even deserve it. Yeah, yeah. it was no uh, diversity initiatives. He came in on his own merit and talent. There's no, oh, because there's not a lot of white rappers, we, need, we just need to have one. No, this guy came in saying, yo, I'm nice. I got talent. Check it out. So, like you said, he made his bones with his talent. And that's what's dope about Eminem. You can't really dispute that this dude has a respect for hip-hop, uh, a healthy respect for it, and he's, like a, uh, he's knowledgeable about it. So it's not a game. So when these little kids come at him, I, I, you, you're supposed to spit at them, and then that's it. Let, let, let them do their thing, but let them know, yo, you can't fuck with me on this, man. Come on. None son. of this. Yeah. I, I, I watched this interview with him and Sway. He said he writes every day. Like, this guy, like, yo, he's a, he's a natural-born writer. He writes every day, whether it's in yeah. rhymes, fucking stories, or whatever. Like, yo, there's a lot of great MCs that don't write every day. Like, he's about yeah. this shit. He has a thorough respect and understanding of the craft and history of all things hip-hop. You think some little shit-talking, nobody, nothing, no skill set motherfucker's gonna take down one of the greatest of all time? But yeah, and what's, I, the irony of this, 
is you, these, these Machine Gun Kelly and all these other white dudes, the only reason why you rhyme is because of Eminem. <coughs> That's it. That's the only reason why you, you, you in this game. Period. That dude. He's the Jackie come out Robinson. He's the Jackie Robinson of rapping. Except for he's white. <laughs> this little chick, Iggy Azalea. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, boo-boo. Don't speak on music. Don't speak on art. Don't speak on philosophy. Uh, and don't speak on music, specifically hip-hop. She, she was yeah. upset that Eminem uh, name-dropped her. He basically compared Machine Gun Kelly to Iggy Azalea. Iggy Azalea, you are fair. a white chick with a fat ass that's not even real. And, and, and a fake southern uh, black accent. Yeah, you have a fake southern black accent, and you're from Australia. You have barely <laughs> any talent. Be happy that you made it this far, sweetheart. If Eminem name drops you, you should be doing fucking jumping jacks. You should put on a Dallas Word. Cowboys cheerleader outfit and thank him. Hell yeah. Thanks, Slim yeah, Shady. Man. Don't complain about it. You don't even write your own fucking songs and you're talking about yeah. what him, he should do and what he shouldn't do? Yeah, exactly. You don't even write. You're, you're, you're basically a puppet. You don't write your words. Somebody else writes them and tells you the cadence and how to say it. What the fuck are you there for? I am Rappaport Podcast. You said you watched the fight at the Victor Cruz Hennessy party? Uh, yeah. Victor Cruz, former New York Giant, who is now a broadcaster and analyst. Uh, the New York Giants are in deep shit. Uh, they are 0-2. Of course, they have the $95 million man with 65 guaranteed, Odell Beckham. They have second pick in the draft, the second pick in the first round uh, from the beginning on Bronx, Saquon Barkley. They have Evan Ingram, who's a beast tight end. They have Sterling Shepard and a lot of formidable offensive skill position talent. Yet they are 0-2. Their offensive line stinks. Ben McAdoo, the fucking wackadoo, he benched Eli last year. I was on the front line saying, fuck you, Ben McAdoo. Eli Manning cried. <laughs> Things are not getting any better for Eli Manning and the New York Giants now. They're 0-2. And I am suggesting right now, based on the information that I know, Colin Kaepernick is in shape, working out every day, and in New York, I demand that the New York Giants... Give him a tryout for quarterback because, because, Mr. Moody, there will be no passing. I don't care if you get <laughs> Fran Tarkington, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Joe Willie Namath. I don't care who the fuck you put behind there. Nobody can pass the ball with that short of a period and no protection. So I say get Kaepernick out there for at least some of the plays. I'm not saying bench Eli Manning. I don't want this fucking guy to break down and cry like he did last year. Get Kaepernick out there for some of the offensive plays so he could run for his fucking life. Because <laughs> no quarterback who cannot run, and I'm saying not yeah. even Kaepernick or Michael Vick in his prime are going to be able to do much. But at least if a quarterback can take off and that the, the option and the threat of him being able to take off, we can hopefully use some of the offensive skill position weapons that I just mentioned. I think that the five boroughs, and I know New York Giants fans are not just the five boroughs of New York City. They're in Jersey. They're in Connecticut in the tri-state area. But I think 
the five boroughs of New York City will embrace and be excited about Colin Kaepernick because we are going into week three playing the Houston Texans with my guy Tyron Matthew, friend of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, the Honey Badger, Jadavian Clowney, and J.J. fucking Watt. They're going to be coming after Eli Manning with reckless abandon. 0-3, another head coach will be 0-3, another season. Man, they gave Odell all that money, and you didn't address the offensive line, and that's where things start. So now, 0-3, and once you go 0-3, it's a wrap. You ain't good enough to go to, to win all the games. You can't even win fucking three games. It's over, yo. After this game, it's over. Now, now I am saying bring Kaepernick in as a second, third-string quarterback. At least give him a shot because, like I said, I don't care who you put back there. Fucking Peyton Manning. (laughs) What the fuck was his name? Archie Manning. Any of the Manning brothers, their cousins, their sisters. Randall Cunningham. I don't give a fuck. Terry Bradshaw. Kenny the Snake Stabler, nobody can escape when there's absolutely no resistance from the offensive line. Bring in fucking Colin Kaepernick for a workout. See what he's got. It'll bring some excitement. It'll bring some much-needed energy to the New York Giants because I am frightened for the health of Eli Manning. He looks skinny. I think he lost weight during the offseason to preserve his back and his knees. He looks frail. And as always, whether he's winning or losing, he looks confused. Did you see that shot of him on the back page of the New York Daily News the other day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's Eli, man. <laughs> e- Eli always has that stoic look on his face, whether, whether he's throwing the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl or just what you saw on the back of the, uh, the press. But... Hey, I say, yo, bring Kaepernick in, man. Hey, you never know. Well, what could happen? Uh, the fans, there ain't no fans showing up, though. <laughs> um, that's real-life football. In fantasy football, I beat the dog shit out of Joe Button. He's one of the people that also Eminem named again in his Kill Shot song. He said, Joe Button, you can get it also. Uh, I played Joe Button, and he got it also from me, White Mike. You don't need to worry about Slim Shady. Don't worry about Eminem. Worry about me, Joe Button. I beat his ass. My kicker, Greg, with the third leg, Zerling, got injured. And this isn't just some ordinary kicker. He's double-digit machine. So, uh, friends of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, premium subscribers of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, feel free to tweet and Instagram Joe Button and antagonize him and say, Joe Button... How did your game go against Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Gringo Man Dingo? We're just checking in to see how that went. Please. Because he will not respond to my tweets, and he will not respond to my personal text, so we have to smoke him out to quote George Bush. Please. I believe his social media is all Joe Button. Smoke him out. I will uh-huh. not be ignored. You can't put baby in the corner. Also, in Stern Show Fantasy Football, I beat the fucking dog shit. Out of Jason Kaplan, the unfriendly, dirty elephant. I beat him so good, G, that in layman's terms, if we were running track, I got so far ahead of him, I came up from behind him, banged him in the dumper, fucked him in the ass, and kept running. I lap-fucked him. 
I beat him by almost 100 points. I lap-fucked Jason wow. Kaplan in Stern Show Fantasy Football. It was gorgeous. That's what's up. <laughs> um, Monday Night Football needs to be fixed ASAP. I watched the Seattle Seahawks play the Chicago Bears the other day. Did you see this game, uh, Mr. Moody? Yeah, uh, I saw it up to halftime. Then I had to scurry away, had to do something. So I, I missed the highlights. I, I was looking forward to seeing the highlights because I, I love those things. What? Oh, no, no, no. There's, did, there's, there's, there's no highlights anymore in Monday Night Football. Um, the golden what? era of Howard Cosell reading the highlights or doing the highlights, narrating the highlights off the cuff, totally improv They're done. Those were some great... Days of football. Howard Cosell's unique voice going freestyle, breaking down the highlights of the week. Chris Berman used to do the same thing, I believe, on Sunday night. That doesn't yes. happen anymore. I turned on the game. I was flipping back and forth uh, between the game and the Emmys, which I'll get to after this, which were embarrassing. I'm a SAG person. I have Screen Actors Guild health insurance. Um, Monday night football does not show highlights at halftime, they had some band. I don't know who the fuck they were. They showed a video. Now, this is not MTV, The Grind. This is not BET. It's not YouTube. When I am watching Monday Night Football, I am there to see football and all football only. I don't yep. want to watch some goofballs at halftime performing outside in the parking lot. I don't care who the fuck they are. No disrespect oh, to the band that performed. I don't care who you are. I am there yeah. to see the fucking highlights. And if you're not going to show the highlights from 2018, maybe they think, well, people have already seen so many highlights. It's not the 80s. People have watched it so much on their phone and so forth. Then replay Howard Cosell highlights from the 80s. Do that. That would be oh, more exciting wow. than watching some fucking band perform at halftime during Monday Night Football. Oh, damn. So Monday Night Football had a halftime show? And when you say Holy show, shit. I hope you did it in air quotes. Did you, did you do air yeah. quotes? So they replaced the highlights with some obscure band. The word obscure should be capitalized. This is terrible. This is, I'm glad I fucking missed it. I'm glad I went to the store. This is stupid. What happened to the fucking highlights? And why have the highlights been replaced? And who green lit this bullshit? What the fuck is happening? What was wrong with the highlights? I'm a fan. I want to be informed. Maybe I didn't watch it on my phone. I damn sure I want to see this motherfucker. Who was he? <laughs> or show some highlights with some sound. Everybody loves it when they have the players mic'd up. Take the best of the mic'd up stuff from Sunday night and do that during the Monday night highlights. Figure it out, guys. No one wants to see a fucking band up there during Monday night football. There's plenty of other options. Yeah, and especially it's one that nobody fucking knows. The fuck, man? <laughs> As I mentioned, Monday night, they also uh, put on the Oscar, uh, the Emmys, which usually come on Sunday night. The Emmys, uh, this year's Emmys, 2018 Emmys, was the lowest rated Emmy television broadcast ever. Good. And listen, this is my business. Okay, I want my business to thrive, whether I like the show, don't like the show, whether I'm in it, not in it. I want everybody to succeed. This is my business. I don't want to shit on anybody in terms of 
seeing them not do well. I want the Emmys to do good, but I can tell you why the Emmys did not do good. They are stuffing diversity down our fucking throat every two (laughs) seconds. And this has nothing to do with snowflakes, Democrats, Republicans. This has nothing to do with that. This has nothing to do with uh, conservatives, liberals. Joe Schmo, regular person, no matter what your political beliefs are, they don't give a fuck. Every single joke was about diversity. There was like 20 jokes made by white men insulting themselves about being white men. Get some fucking balls. Yeah. It's like they're racist against themselves. They're like internalizing racism. They just, it's, it's, it's wild. It's fucking, it's wild to see. (laughs) They feel so guilty. You got TV people who can't make a dope TV show about TV. (laughs) Bringing. This is what it was. And I, and I could, I could, I could just put it in a nutshell, uh, Mr. Moody. The, the first award went to best supporting actor in a show icon. The great Henry yeah. Winkler, who played Arthur Fonzarelli on Happy Days. Arthur Fonzarelli, the Fonz, wins the first award of the night. Yep. He never won an award playing Fonzie. He was nominated. He never won. He gets on stage, and they fucking, they brisk him off stage. He gives a quick speech, and they, they run him the fuck off the stage. Fonzie! Fonzie, this is why we watch television because of people like yeah. Fonzie. No, they rushed the fucking Fonz off stage. He's in a great show on HBO called Barry. He finally wins his Emmy. A guy who's one of the most beloved people in show business, not just because he's Fonzie, because he's like he has a reputation for being a great, nice, loving, generous, sweet, good person. They rush this fucking guy this icon there's a statue of the Fonz in wisconsin yeah television icon fonzie was the biggest television star our henry winkler was the biggest star in the world during his run as fonzie you rush him off the stage after he finally wins an emmy this is why nobody gives a shit about the show because you're doing all these fucking bullshit Shove it down their throats. Okay, you can make a few diversity jokes. I don't have a problem with diversity jokes, but the entire broadcast is diversity jokes, gay jokes, inclusion jokes, and white people hating white yeah. people jokes. <laughs> that, that's it. And you rush off Fonzie. An hour later, a director who wins an Emmy for best direction of a variety programming. A variety programming could be anything from the Academy Awards to a special... To anything, anything like that. Variety show. The director of the director who won Best Emmy for directing a variety show gets up on stage. No disrespect to any director. Director's important. Nobody knows who the fuck this guy is. He's uh, uh, has a, uh, a very noticeable and excessively receding head of hair and long black hair down to past his shoulders. He looks like shit and black horn rim glasses. The guy looks uh-huh. like shit. 
He gets up on stage, starts pontificating about the love that he has, the love of his life, his girlfriend, who's another nobody. And I don't mean nobody in terms of uh, uh, what she is as a person or what she might mean to this fucking nobody. And, and, and I think she works in show business. That being said, there's not one person in the world watching this show who knows who this director is or his girlfriend. He starts going on about, I love her, I love her, she's the love of my life. And then this motherfucker brings up his girlfriend on stage, gets on his fucking knees, starts talking about the ring that he's about to give his girlfriend and how it belonged to her oh, father. Oh, man. And, 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 what, and, and, and how his father and his mother are watching down and he asks this nobody while millions of people are watching at home, bored out of their fucking mind, clipping their fucking toenails and eating pizza to marry her. This whole thing is taking five, six, seven minutes long, and you wonder why nobody watches the fucking Emmys? <laughs> nobody gives a shit about your fairy tale proposal. Nobody cares. Nobody came for that shit. We came to see the fucking Fonz, Duke. Keep the show moving. Yo, the producers, we don't care. We, we care about the awards. We care about the shows. Yo, don't, don't come with the diversity initiatives and all that. That's not what the show is about. It's celebrating the arts. It's celebrating your work. You're not fucking Gandhi. You're not Martin Luther King. Shut the fuck up. Take the award and get the fuck off stage. This ain't a telethon. Money ain't Jerry Lewis. Get your award and get the fuck off stage, man. That's it. Yo, my man, get your fucking award and get the fuck off the stage, That's Duke. It. We don't give a fuck about none of this shit you're talking about. I don't give a fuck that how much you love this chick. I don't give a fuck that the, 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 the ring that you're holding belonged to your mother. I don't give a fuck about yeah. any of that shit. And you know what? The rest of the country doesn't give a fuck about it either. You had an opportunity to celebrate one of the greatest television stars of all time. You fucking turned the music up for him and kicked him the fuck off the stage. The Fonz is now 72 years old. Shame yeah. on you, yeah. you fuck. Shame on those producers. Shame on you, you fuck. The Fonz is 72 years old, one of the most beloved people, Henry Winkler in show business. You rushed him off stage, and you got this fucking weirdo proposing to his weirdo yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. Think how backwards that is. The icons get pushed aside, and some no-name motherfucker with an ugly-ass wife, he want to come up here and say, yo, we're going to do all this. The producers, it's your fault. You're supposed to say, nah, you're not doing that, man. We got other people that, that get in awards. What the fuck you want to do? Have, have a now wedding? Now we turning the music up. have a fucking wedding up here on stage? We Yo, we got time restraints, man. That's it. Have some balls, like you said, man. Shit. Get the fuck off the stage, money. You're <laughs> fucking up the show, man. People are turning off the show. We got a lot of options. People have a lot of options with that remote control. Yeah. There's a lot of things to watch. That time is precious. Nobody wants to see you and your whiz up there. Yo, no one wants to see any of that. I don't give a fuck that that ring is 63 years old. Yeah. Who's talking about all this shit? Yeah. Yeah. Yo, and motherfuckers ain't really watching TV no more. You ain't got time for that. People on their phones, they cut the cord. You're lucky that people are even watching that shit. I am Rappaport Podcast. The icons, Ernie and Bert. Bert and Ernie. Yeah. Sesame Street. You know, you, you, you know the puppets? Yes, man. I've watched them. Children Television Workshop. Sesame Street, of course. Uh, they were caught up in a controversy yesterday. A former writer on the Sesame Street show said, this is his opinion. 
I always treated Bert and Ernie as if they were gay. Uh, I looked at them as gay characters as a writer. <laughs> um, um, social media went crazy. The LGBTQ community went fucking nuts. People in general went nuts. I have nothing but respect, love, admiration, and really just respect for the LGBT community. Um, grew up in New York City. I don't think twice about none of that. I know that it could be hard for a lot of people, but it ain't nothing new to me. I know for G. Moody, we're not new to this. We're true to this. Uh, straight people and gay people, cisgender, trans, all sorts of people came out saying, I knew it. I knew that they were gay. Oh, man. I knew that they were. And then, and then those people started getting into arguments with other people who said, well, I never looked at them as gay. I looked at them as two straight men who were best friends. And then Sesame Street, to sort of cool things down, because Ernie and Bert, for some fucking reason, were both separately, not even together. Bert and Ernie, Ernie and Bert, individually, were trending on Twitter right. at number one. This was the most discussed thing the entire afternoon. Oh, sad. <laughs> Sesame Street came out and said this statement, and I don't fact check, but I want to get this right. As always... We have said that Bert and Ernie are best friends. They were created to teach preschoolers, not adults, you fucking freaks, preschoolers that people can be good friends with those who are very different from themselves. Even though they are, are identified as male characters and possess many human traits and characteristics as most Sesame Street Muppets do, they remain puppets. Yep. They remain puppets and do not have any sexual orientation. The creators of Sesame Street Workshop had to issue this statement. This is a sad day, September 18, <laughs> 2018. Then the actual person who stitched together, created the voices for Bert and Ernie, the great Frank Oz, Legendary puppeteer issued another statement. This guy's like 70-something years old. He said, I created Bert and Ernie. I am the mastermind behind Bert and Ernie. And I, too, will tell you this. They are not gay. Uh. I issued my two cents on Instagram. Miles, please play that. They got motherfucking Ernie and Bert trending on Twitter because grown-ass, sick lunatics are worried about the sexual orientation of puppets made for teaching and entertaining children. Let Ernie and Bert rest. They've been doing this shit for a long time. They don't need to be trending on Twitter. Why can't they just be friends, good friends? Why are you friend shaming them? Now Sesame Street had to issue the following statement. I'm paraphrasing, but Sesame Street had to issue a statement saying, even though Ernie and Bert are identified as male characters and possess many human traits and characteristics, they remain puppets, you sick fucks, you. You got that? That means that Ernie and Bert aren't heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, pansexual, cisgender, bi-curious, polysexual, or any of that shit. They're fucking puppets. It ain't that serious. And lo and behold, Moody, they came for me. Oh. <laughs> I was under attack. So 
Sesame Street was under attack after they issued their statement. How dare you? How dare you say that these puppets are not gay? Oh, that, that offended them, that they, they, they weren't gay. Wow, that's offensive. Ah. I'm offended that you as a grown-ass man, woman, of any sexual orientation are giving sexuality to puppets that are there for young people to learn and to be entertained. Why are you sexualizing Bert and Ernie Duke? Exactly. What the fuck is wrong with you? Miles Jordan, turn on that Willie Hutch. No, 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 no. Bravo. Bravo for Sesame Street. Bravo for Frank for coming out. Yo, why are they sexualizing? Why are you looking at puppets in that manner? Your mind is fucking filthy and garbage. Proceed. You hear that, Willie? You think these puppets are real, Duke? (laughs) They ain't real. Right. Bert, Ernie, the Count, Oscar, the motherfucking Crouch, Big Bird, they ain't shit. Mm -hmm. They ain't nothing without a hand up their ass. They're puppets. Yep. You're worried about their sexual orientation when the motherfucking puppeteer leaves them in a closet alone. Yep. Do you think Bert and Ernie and Miss Piggy and Kermit are sitting there going, oh, yo, why they do us like that? <laughs> they have no sexual organs. You think organs. Snuffleupagus is in the closet saying, yo, I'm hungry. Why y'all do us like that? They're puppets. They're not fucking nothing. Oh. You, you, you actually think that when Miss Piggy and Kermit got married on the Muppets, that they were fucking? You think that my man Kermit was sugar-dicking Miss Piggy? That didn't happen. Yeah. Why are you sexualizing these motherfucking puppets? Yeah. You think uh, Kermit got a green dick? It didn't happen. And people are coming to me saying, how dare you take this away from us? They're saying this to me. Oh. They're saying to me, people need puppets. And role models to identify. And I say this, Duke. You a grown-ass motherfucker with a Twitter account. If you need a puppet to identify with, you got more problems than the gringo man dingo. Yeah. Don't, don't come for me because I'm not, I'm not backing away. Yeah. Them is puppets, Duke. What the fuck are you talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. He's talking about puppets. He's sick. They're sick. Puppets. To quote the great Allen Iverson, puppets. We talking about puppets. <laughs> puppets. I'm the franchise player, and we up here talking about puppets. Puppets? Damn. Cut the willy off. They think the Muppets have sexual organs. That is that. Just, just think of that. <laughs> they think that Elmo is skeeting. Yeah. They think Elmo has the ability to skeet. They think Elmo is real. Amazing. They shouldn't be regarded. And they're, they're actually offended. They're saying, uh, uh, why, why can't they, you know, you know, people of all shapes, colors, and sexualities need things to identify with? Then I say, then make cisgender, transgender, and any kind of gender puppets you want. Yeah. My man Frank Oz and Sesame Street, they just said that these particular puppets are not gay. I don't have a problem with the puppets if they said they were gay. Right. Then yeah, you. But make- they said the creator of the motherfucking puppet didn't have that. He said then, and, and you know what? Unfortunately, you sick fucks, 
the puppets don't have minds of their own. Yeah. Frank Oz created the puppets. So if the person who created Harry Potter said, I created the character and the character ain't gay, then you can't be mad at the person who created Harry Potter, Duke. If my man George Lucas says that CP3O ain't gay, you're going to be mad at George Lucas? You, you, what are you going to boycott Star Wars? What the fuck you want to do? Uh, yeah. Make your own gay puppet. If the creator says, yo, I didn't have that with, I didn't have that in mind when I was creating this shit, then that's what it is. He didn't say, yo, I, I don't fuck with that. He said, yo, nah, they have no sexual orientation. These are for kids. This is a grown-up getting mad that they're not gay. That guy needs help. It's not anybody else. He needs help. He's sick. I am Rappaport Podcast. Finally. I know where your head's going to be at this. I, 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 listen, I haven't, I haven't really said much about uh, fellow actor Terry Crews, who I know uh -oh. as a good guy. I've, I've known Terry for a while. Uh, he was in uh, the movie The Sixth Day. What the fuck happened now? Not a good movie. That was a... Oh, well. Terry Crews got a apology letter from the guy who uh, sexually... I guess assaulted him. Uh -huh. I guess we have to we have to give that. We have to say that without any jokes. Yeah. The agent, William Morris's Adam Bennett, sent Terry Crews a letter apologizing, saying that I know what I did was wrong. Damn. Um I I and it's true. Yo, Greg come on, going up to somebody and doing that. Of course. Totally true. Of course. So he sent him this whole letter saying, I apologize. And this has been a humongous. Learning experience for me. I hope to grow better myself. Very sincere letter. I hope to grow. Terry Crews <laughs> took the letter and posted it on Twitter. And he said, this will be accepted with his resignation September 10th, 2018. And, and, and I say this, Terry Crews. This man apologized to you. Obviously, he knows he fucked up. Obviously, what he did was unacceptable, whether it's male on male, woman on women, male on woman. But he sends you that letter as a man. He apologized. Why the fuck you putting that shit on Twitter? Dude? Yeah. Yeah. Why, 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 why are you highlighting that? I mean, I believed you, you know, that that happened. And for a guy to write a letter apologizing, I mean, for grabbing a dude like that and grabbing his pipe and all that, I, I, I just be like... Yo, fuck your letter, man. Yo, fuck that letter. I wouldn't put it up for the world to see, but I would be like, yo, we got to do something, man. Fuck, not, not physical, but yo, it's just, it's just terrible, man. It's just terrible that that guy would actually do that and then write a letter like, yo, I'm sorry. I hope to grow. You, oh, you don't know? You can't grab motherfuckers' cocks in public? You don't know that? You need to be, you but, need but to be my helped? Point is, my point is, is that what more does Terry Crews want the dude to do? Word. He apologized. People do fucked up shit. Like, what do you want the guy to do? He said he seeked help. He said he did all that. There's sick fucks out of here. I mentioned this last week. And today it's actually official. Talk about sick fuck. Talk about someone who did something really serious that really deserves to be punished. Yeah. Wanda Barzi. I mentioned this last week. The woman who was one of the kidnappers from Elizabeth Smart. She kidnapped that girl, Elizabeth Smart, in Utah. 
She's been released from prison after 15 years behind bars. This bitch is out free. She kidnapped this woman, watched this little girl get raped, brutalized for, for years. She did 15 years in prison. Now she's out of jail. Ugh. There's people that non-violent drug offenders that are in jail today doing life. Yeah. This woman did a heinous, unforgivable, unacceptable crime. And she's out. She's gone. She's out right now. She's eating McDonald's. She's doing whatever the fuck she pleases right now. Unbelievable, man. It's terrible. Fuck. <laughs> Miles, Jordan, let me get the sick fuck of the week music. We're going to jump into this real quick. Yeah. This award is earned, not given. It's called the sick fuck of the week. This guy's really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn. Who fucked the door? You what? Who fucked the door? Why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? What sick fuck? The sick fuck of the week. It's earned. Earned. Not given. You did what? No. 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 Sick fuck of the week is an award-winning segment that it goes to a certain person with a certain je ne sais quoi. Not everybody is qualified for the sick fuck of the week. It is an award that is earned, not given. It is an award that is earned, not given. First sick fuck of the week, a Missouri mom, a Missouri mom who looks like a sick fuck was arrested from stealing the prescription drugs from her very actually physically sick, terminally ill daughter and using them for herself. This is all things sick fuck. Her daughter is terminally ill. She has pain medication. The mother, who was whacked out of her tree, was stealing the opioids that her daughter uses for pain medication, using them for herself. That, right there, is the true essence of a sick, uh, uh, sick fuck. I got one for you, man, that's going to bug you out. I don't know if you heard it, but it's a sick fuck. It's a slew. It's a, like a group of sick fucks in a market in uh, Tamahan, Indonesia. This is a group of sick fuck vendors. A market in uh, Indonesia had called for the stopping of these vendors for sledgehammering kittens and dogs and blowtorching them in the street for customers. You could have freshly blowtorched barbecue kittens and the government in Indonesia is pleading with these vendors to stop doing that. Stop. Jesus. And they have refused and they are continuing to... Uh, have on the menus barbecued cats and barbecued dogs right oh, right on, there, right there. You can watch this being done. So these are the sick fucks of the week, and it's still going on. They can't stop them, but it's, uh, people are lined up to get these uh, delicacies, so to speak. Wow. Um, we talk a lot on this show about the Wonder Bread bag and olive oil treatment. Um, this is way beyond the Wonder Bread bag and olive oil treatment. A Florida inmate who is locked up in Florida uh, reportedly strangled his cellmate, carved out his eyeballs, then walked into the prison's cafeteria wearing one of his eyes on a necklace before officers noticed any. Thing was wrong. Oh. He then left the eyeballs in 
a cup. More charges are obviously being pressed. This happened in the Columbia, Florida Correctional Institution facility. I mean, you'd be happy to walk away with just the Wonder Bread bag and olive oil treatment, <laughs> let alone getting strangled to death and your eyeballs plucked out for some guy to wear around his neck uh, on a string. Uh, now, this guy, I, what do you do with a guy like this? Oh, uh, immediate. Uh, first, you go in the hole, and then we determine when you're going to be executed. Because if you could do something like that, uh, you really don't need to be, to be living. There's no, I don't see any redeemable value with this person. We're going to kill him. Yeah, I mean, you got a Hannibal Lecter, this fucking guy. Yeah, just, just some human beings don't deserve to be on this beautiful planet. Execution, and no one would be fucking upset. Finally, in St. Albans, West Virginia, a West Virginia man beat his mother with a spatula. <laughs> he didn't kill her. He injured her seriously. He's a 30-year-old sick fuck named Glenn Allen Kastorf of St. Albans, West Virginia. He was arrested after beating his mother with a spatula. He had paint all over his face. They put the pieces together. This sick fuck had been huffing paint. He had paint all over his nose, all over his mouth, all in his beard. He's red-haired. It was all in his red hair. He was huffing paint. Got so whacked out of his tree that he beat his mom with a silver spatula. Uh, police arrested this lunatic and his mother fortunately made it through the assault with a couple of head wounds. <laughs> um, listen, this guy, if you look him up, please do feel free. If you do not believe me, look up Glenn Allen Kasdorf, C-A-S-D-O-R-P-H of St. Albans, West Virginia. He is a top five poster child for the 2019 Sick Fuck of the Week calendar. Yeah. Which I think we're going to be putting out. You know how they used to do calendars? They'd have like uh, the Playboy Playmate of the Month or the Fireman calendar. I believe the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast should do the Sick Fuck of the Week calendar. And rest assured, Glenn Allen Kasdorf will be featured. Listen, <laughs> we were under duress. We got it all together. I apologize, Moody, for the flub earlier. That was soul-crushing, but we bounced back. Yeah. This is a primetime premium podcast. PPP, the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast in primetime. My name is Michael Rappaport. G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty, rolls sure. right off the tongue. For sure. Uh, three-time podcast co-host of the year. He's a champion. He three-peated. Um... What can I say? That's it. What can I say? Uh, Miles Jordan, take us out of here with something real nice, uh, real proper, real funky. Fantastic job. Way to recover, uh, Moody. And again, I apologize about that flub. That was that was like a body blow. That was a kidney shot, but we, we, we got it all together. Oh, yes, absolutely. Road work. Peace.